talk about current events, religion, politics, philosophy, and science. You will be challenged. You will question everything you thought you believed. Prepare to be. fun one. This week, we're going to interview Elias. We're going to ask him about what he believes and why. How you doing, Elias? Doing pretty good. Feeling good, man. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. A little tired, but I'm not too bad otherwise. So today we're going to discuss what you believe and why. Um, This was actually Elias's idea. I didn't bring this up. So Fair warning. But yeah, uh, so what do you want to talk about? I, I don't know. I I was really into you shared some videos of the uh street epistemology. Uh-huh. And uh I was very interested on it, not necessarily because um I thought I could uh uh put out anything that would be like uh a zinger or really deep or uh valuable as a Christian point of view, but because I'm, I'm really just trying to figure out what I believe. I mean, that's, uh, I've went through a lot of, yeah, I've went through a lot of changes, uh, within the last two years. Uh, and, and my faith has changed a lot. Um, and just depending on the day, the pendulum swings from, I a hundred percent believe what I believe to, uh, I'm not sure if I, you know, if anything's real, but, um, somehow I just keep coming back to Christianity in one way or another. And so, yeah, I just wanted to see if you could run through some of these epistemology ideas and, uh, I can see the places in my life where I can reflect and, uh, really see if what I'm doing is logical what I'm doing is, uh, and whether it's, uh, harmful or helpful to my life. So I think, uh, one of the things I've heard is, you know, faith is to be tested. And if it's not, uh, a faith that can be tested, is it any real faith at all? So that's, uh, that's where I'm at. So man, uh, any questions that you might have, I would love to, you can start anywhere. Sure. Well, I mean, Um, really, um, you can kind of guide the conversation in the direction you want to go. We'll explore the beliefs that you have. Um, you, you talked about, you know, you, you, you tend to steer back towards Christianity, um, and, uh, assuming you have a belief in a God because that's kind of a central part of, uh, Christianity. What, um, what part of Christianity is it that you believe or subscribe to, or are there parts that you don't, or do you believe it entirely? That's a, that's an interesting point. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the last part right there specifically. Do I believe it entirely? I assume what you mean by that is um, I believe, do I believe that the Bible is true? 
that yeah, that would be a, an interpretation, um, and that's fair. So, so I believe. Do I believe kind of a hundred percent that the Bible is true? Do I believe everything that's in the Bible? Well, let me put it this way: on a scale of one to a hundred, um, how confident are you that the Bible is true? Uh, you know, where one is you're not very <laughs> confident at all; a hundred is you're absolutely confident. That's that's a great that's a great way to put it, and uh, that's I honestly I I don't know how to answer it because the way I read and view the Bible um, doesn't necessarily come down to is it historically accurate is it um, without any error, um, but what I the way I view it is. Um, the, the Bible is a library of books that are written in different times and have different meanings. I believe that they are, um, literary, literary work. So the writer, I don't think meant to, when I read the Bible, I do not see the Bible as an Ikea manual. Like it's not just an instruction booklet for my life. If I if I go at the Bible for for a very literal um, format, the Old Testament and some of the New Testament can get really hairy, you know. So I uh, I no longer believe I did for many years. I no longer believe that the Bible is inerrant. And the reason I say that is I think that um, people who look at the idea of the Bible being scientifically correct, um, I think, are literally grasping at straws. That's, to me, there is like no way the Bible could be scientifically correct. Um, I'm not saying that I don't believe in miracles. I'm not saying I don't necessarily believe in the supernatural or the spiritual or the paranormal. Uh, I'm very open to just about anything, but I don't think inerrant is an appropriate word for what the Bible's. If the Bible is true, um, inerrancy is not. It's not the same thing. That's kind of like saying if. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I, I have a different way to look at it. So um, uh, would it be fair to say that maybe you're you're not sure necessarily how true the Bible is, but maybe that you find value in it or you find that it's useful? Would that be fair? Definitely. OK. Um, now, I do want to put a disclaimer there. Is the Bible useful? Um, the Bible can be useful for a lot of things. Um, it can be useful to manipulate people. It can be useful to liberate people. Um, and a lot involves the context of how you, um, how you read the Bible yourself and how you're taught the Bible. Interesting. So it kind of sounds like you're saying that the Bible could be used in a lot of different ways, depending on your your motivation or your intention when you're interpreting the Bible. Is that kind of what you're saying? 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of the guys that um, scholars that I like to um, kind of follow their research and follow their study. A lot of the scholars have a way to say the Bible is not um, an instruction manual. Uh, the Bible's not a love letter. That's another way I've heard it described. The Bible is a mirror, and uh, what you read in the Bible will literally um, kind of reflect who you are as a human being. And saying that, now I want to I want to preface that with this. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that for a person who is not a believer in uh, the spiritual acts and um, doctrines and teachings of Jesus. Okay, now a person who claims to believe those things claims to believe the resurrection, uh, you know, the stories of the Old Testament. Uh, you, those people. I think the Bible has a does a really good job at showing you their their character, whether it's positive or negative. So, specifically, what use do you find from the Bible? Then, what what makes it so valuable or useful? Um, I would. There's multiple ways you could come at that, and for me. The Bible is useful in a way that I would say any literary work, any any work of art for that matter, whether written or performed, um, I would say it'd be useful in the way that's useful. And that comes down to a lot of my personal beliefs and, and theology because I believe that I would perceive that almost all forms of inspiration I would uh, say that all inspiration is divine. So you commonly hear uh, Christians say the, vi- the Bible is divinely inspired and God-breathed. Um, they can't really give you a lot of details on what they mean by that, uh, but they, could, they would tell you it's divinely inspired and God-breathed. And so what appears to be said is a lot of people think the writers of the the scriptures were maybe entranced, but that's obviously not true. Um, because I mean, if you read Paul's dialogues in, uh, I believe it's the book of Corinthians, Paul has a point where, and this also kind of, uh, messes with the ideas of inerrancy because the Bible can't contradict itself if it's inerrant. Uh, Paul literally is quoted in, I quote him in Corinthians. He says, uh, I've not baptized any of you except the bapt- the uh, the household of so and so. He says that, and then the next very next sentence he says, "Well, I think I also baptized some in the household of this other person." And then he says, "I'm not sure who else I baptized, but I'm glad you're not saying la da 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 da." So Paul goes through a process where he does not remember. Um, what is written down in the the written text of the Bible, you know? So you literally see this dialogue of Paul second guessing himself, and I would argue you see that frequently through all of the Pauline letters. That statement, at, I'm pretty confident that statement alone would validate me to many as a heretic, 
I kind of wanted to go back to um, where you said, you know, sure. all, all works of art are God breathed or God inspired. Yeah. Um, what leads you to that belief? I mean, uh, and, and beyond that too, uh, or in addition to that, uh, if all works of art are God inspired, what makes the Bible unique from other sources of inspiration? such as other holy texts or other secular um, artistic expressions, what makes the Bible unique? That's a, that's a great point. Um, hmm. I would say my views on inspiration um, have come through a lot of historical study of me looking at the religions of other cultures. And what I see, and I think uh, that it's a common, I'm pretty sure it's a common uh, atheistic apologetic that um, the validity of the story of Christ uh, or any biblical story of that matter is um, you can find earlier myth, uh, mythic stories of, uh, I'm trying to remember the particular gods, I think Horus, maybe um, the Egyptian god. Mm-hmm where there's resurrection stories um, about those figures and, and, and things of that sort. Um, and I would agree with that. I mean, uh, it's, there are a lot of things in the Bible that, that predate. Um, but what I see, the more I look at other religions, um, which, you know, I, for years, before I became a Christian, I was uh, interested in Zen. At 13 years old, I was interested in Zen and um, Zen teaching. And then uh, I started reading the Quran um, a little bit at, a, at 13. And um, I didn't understand a lot of that. Uh, Zen sounded great to me. And when I started to, um, I experienced a lot of spiritual, mystical, experiences that led me into Christianity. Um, And what I would say is that it appears that the majority of religions and a majority of countries around the world, um, nations around the world, have similar ideas about um, how people are treated. how the world was created, and what I would argue, and and what many people in the uh, Catholic Church might argue, and and other missionary teams, is that these are um, kind of spiritual seeds that were planted. I don't know if I necessarily believe all of this now, um, but this was a kind of one of my points of view about other cultures. Um, you know, human perception when receiving divine inspiration or uh, seeing a mysterious mystical event, human perception um, might be extremely limited. I know the spiritual encounters and the mystical encounters I've had, um, it's very hard to put that into words. And I would argue uh, most of the stuff in the Bible, those people might've been on hallucinogens. (laughs) You know, it's... (laughs) Uh, it would make a lot of sense. It would make a lot of sense. And so that's currently where my study is at, uh, is trying to kind of look and see how maybe 
psychotropics have influenced religion throughout the ages. But uh, what else did you ask me? You asked me well, about divine inspiration. Well, yeah. And why you, is the Bible special? Yeah. Why, that, why would make it unique? Yeah. Uh, I've thought of several other questions as you were talking, but that uh, that's a good direction cool. to go in. Let me let me try to say the uniqueness aspect of it really quickly. Um, I'm sure if I looked in in other texts, I would find things that I would say are just across the spectrum divine. Um, uh, what what just I to, think just is, so that I'm clear, um, what what's what do you mean by divine? Um, it, it's like a is it, hmm, how do how do you go about it? I would say that the ethic or the message of it, the the narrative of it, the 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 core, the spirit, the intuitive connection of the text um reaches into you in a place where it it tells you an intuitive truth about reality. So, so if if I were to kind ahead. of push back on that just a little bit, um sure what you're what you're attributing to divine is it hypothetically possible that there is a naturalistic explanation for that most definitely i, I like that's that's another thing the, a major difference in me in comparison to a lot of other christians is going to be um it's quite possible i'm completely wrong and and i'm willing to say that uh i think that faith is a matter of faith. Belief is a matter of belief. You're taking a chance and trusting something um, that may or may not be true. And that ha- that's why I have a tendency also to view the, vi- the Bible differently, okay. uh, especially in the way I read it, because there's no way I can um, prove uh, any miraculous aspect of the Bible to be true. I can't prove it to be true. I can just spiritually, I can show you that intuitively this belief is affecting my life. Um, but I hold all of that with a, with a grain of salt, you know, I like, I'm probably wrong. I I could be wrong (laughs) and nothing could happen. Who knows? So you said you use faith to arrive there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, in any other aspect of life outside of, um, you know, your, uh, your spiritual beliefs, uh, is faith a reliable method to determine what's true? I think it can be, um, like if, I can, can give you come up one, with an example. Go ahead. I can give you, I can definitely give you one example for sure. I'm trying sure. to think about other ways that I would use that, but, um, I've lived a lot of my life on chance too, and I've had some I've had some extremely bad luck and some decent luck, you know, at this at, at close to the same time. But um, the simplest way I could define how faith can be a practical aspect of life, um, I, let me do two things. One's personal, one's general. Uh, the personal one is is well, and, uh, and faith just- comes down. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, just for clarity, I, I was uh, I was asking if um, there's another area where it's a reliable path to what's true, yes. not necessarily whether it's um, maybe useful, but whether it it is reliable. Yes, 
Yeah, and and an un and a non spiritual aspect. Right. Right. So, um, the first example would be um, faith is the action in the Bible. It says that faith is the evidence of things unseen, mm-hmm. the substance of things hoped for. Mm-hmm. So, faith is an action. Definition. Yes, faith is an action to a belief that follows a belief. And then, okay, so essentially what a belief is, is um, the agreement to trust. Okay, that's, that's the only way I can really understand belief in my mind. I mean, I, th- so I, 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 I think that you can, you can kind of separate it a little bit. It, it's not necessarily just belief, because belief can be based on, um, you know, knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. It would, uh, it's a belief in lieu of knowledge, you can, correct? You can, uh, you can, you could measure it to, uh, to what's probable and what isn't, right? Well, um, or what's less likely and what's more likely, you know, we can, we see, can get down to some like determinate, determinative, I can't talk, <laughs> some determining factors that would make something um more likely and less likely right but which uh, i i would be um i would be comfortable just calling that belief you know maybe like uh uh you know to the extent that we have evidence to support this idea we have a certain amount of belief that it's probably true um if you're mm-hmm. basing that belief on you know proportionally with the amount of evidence would mm-hmm. would people generally define that as faith, or would they define faith more like um, you know a belief when you don't have that evidence? Because I mean, does it take much faith to believe in something that has evidence that supports it? A lot of a lot. I'm sure a lot of people look at um, belief or faith that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue that many Christians do um, because uh, they one they simply will not uh, dig further than. Uh, the answer that their pastors give them. Right. Um, however, I'm willing to study history. I'm willing to study, quote unquote, secular history. That I, that's another term I don't particularly care for. Um, I think it's unbiblical to consider anything secular. Um, and I mean anything. Um, but this this idea of a lot of them would just kind of take that at face value because it's kind of like a, well, how can you know type thing? You know, you could die tomorrow type thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the way, the other way I guess I would explain faith is um, I'm going to continue to live my life in such a way. uh, And this is something I've grappled with because it's always been, you know, my views on the the hereafter have been radically different in the past. But if I were to, you know, we no human being is, is can guarantee for sure uh, when they will die, you know? So um, some people may live in terror of that. And if they lived in terror of that, um, they would be faithless to move on to the next moment of their life. Um, whereas 
I tend to try not to look at life that way. I'm going to live, I choose to live my life faithful to whether I know if I'm going to live or die, I'm going to prepare and do the next thing I have to do to be helpful for, you know, uh, the next day. Interesting. So, you know, if I knew, you know, if I lived in the headspace of fear that I could die tomorrow what could that cause me to do? I may not go to work. I may not. I may go rob a bank. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know. You, maybe, but maybe we if are. If you live your life, um, maybe we are using the term very differently. Then, because I, I would describe my life yeah. similarly, where I don't. I, I, I'm not. You know, terrified that I'm going to die at any given moment. Now, you know, if the threat becomes imminent, then yeah, I'm going to be afraid at that point. But um, you know, I, I, yeah. I have a pretty reasonable trust that I probably won't die at any given time, even though I know it is a possibility. And I wouldn't describe that necessarily as, as a faith, just a a belief based on kind of my experience and, you know, my knowledge. Uh Right. Uh, I I would consider Um, it, you know, maybe like for me, the way I might consider faith would be um, if I had a lot of evidence, maybe to the contrary that I might die, but I believed I was going to, you know, pull through something despite all of the evidence that I might personally consider, you know, more of a faith that in, in an idea. Um, but if we're using the word differently, then I'm fine, you know, kind of adapting whatever uh, definition you're using, because I don't want to misrepresent, you know, what you're trying to say or, or misunderstand what you're trying to say. It could be that we're actually more on the same page than we might think, even though yeah. I, I wouldn't describe myself as having any faith and you do. Yeah, I think I think we might all kind of put certain things on the scales uh when weighing a decision or a, an invitation to something. Right. Um but I mean and uh, I, I have to talked faith about- is faith is the step that you know that's and and that's the scary thing about faith is I entered the Christian faith um assuming that my life would be wonderful <laughs> after and things would start turning out the way I want them. Um, but when I, I can see, you that. know, I can see that yeah. as, as like, you know, taking a leap of faith and I can see the, yes. you know how that can be at sometimes beneficial um, to get you to do something that you, you know, you maybe weren't confident of the outcome, but you took a leap of faith anyway. Yes. Um, so I can see that as useful, but is it, necessarily reliable for determining whether um, that belief is actually true is, is kind of more the question that I had. Because it could be that you that, take the leap of faith and it turns out that, you know, you, you, fail you fall in a pit. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, you take the leap and you fall. So, and I die. mean, I, I see <laughs> it as a useful motivator to get you to act, but I don't necessarily know, is that a reliable path to truth? If truth is what you're looking for. Um, I think that's, that would be the key thing. Uh, is that what you're looking for? <laughs> that's what I hope I'm looking for. I, I, I was talking to somebody last night and I said, you know, I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm in that part of the matrix where Neo is given, they offer him the red and blue pill. And I, I kind of had this like thought of myself in that moment and then grabbing the pill and taking it and immediately forgetting which pill I took. <laughs> Like that's, that's how my life feels right now. Like, 
Um, and faith is now this thing where um, I'm literally like just kind of like holding on, especially in this time of pandemic, like who knows? Uh, to me, faith is just tr- trying to do the best you can in whatever situation you're in, you know, um, th- and uh, trust and, and hope and, and thing and love can be all tied into those things. But, um, I think belief, I think what you're trying to get onto, um, is what I would just, I would normally define as a belief, like, um, the, the, the evidence of a belief. Um, but I have a hard time with that because I just, I don't have a lot of evidence for anything. I really, I have, some indicators that may show some things likely, but I I've just learned I have to be really open-handed with everything because right. uh, every time, every time I seem to have, think I have it right, I have it wrong. Well, and I, I think um, that's reasonable. I think that the most reasonable position you can take is to try to proportion the amount of belief you have in something to the amount of evidence that supports that it's actually true to the best of your understanding. Yeah. So if you if you have a very limited understanding of a subject, you know, you you might defer to an expert who understands it better to, better than you right. might. Um but that doesn't mean you absolutely believe it because they do. It just means that it seems reasonable and so you're going to go with what's most reasonable. So I I see that as a very reasonable position for you to hold. Mm-hmm. Um where you know, I I do talk to people that um, they have absolute belief in things, and they base that belief in faith. You know, you just have to have faith that that's true, and they believe it absolutely, um, and nothing can change their mind. And I see that as as just, you know, an unreasonable position where you're not proportioning your belief to the evidence or, you know, your understanding. You're just basing it, you're bridging the gap of of where there is no evidence to support that something's true with faith. And that's that's yeah. a common usage of the word, which is why... I kind of try to avoid using that word to describe what I do because that's a different yeah. um, approach than I take to, you know, how I, I determine, you know, what I believe. Right. For sure. Um, and that leads me to a, there's something else that you ta- uh, touched on and I started to get into that mm-hmm. was um, you talked about this kind of ap- the idea of people jumping into absolutes and right. uncertainty. Um I've through my whole d the dismantling of my religious dogmatic views um the thing that come becomes more clear to me is I would argue that uh certainty absolution those kinds of ideas um and I mean I I don't know how to say this in a nuanced way but um I would argue that that certainty um, is the very opposite of everything spiritual. I, I, I think that people who choose certainty um, are doing the very thing that um, uh, the bright and morning star Lucifer did. You know, he, he said, I will um, be like the most high. And he made a decision and he said to the, he said to Adam and Eve, you will, um, you know, what did God say? And they said it and he said, Oh, that's not what he said. What he means is this. And then he says, be certain of what I'm saying, because this is what he means. 
I think I find that um, the people in modern day that most resemble the um, the uh, villains of the Bible, if you will, uh, are the religious evangelical right, the Pharisees. Yeah. Well, I, I <laughs> you know, um, I would argue. The, and, and this is a heavy thing to do because I've been I've villainized the Pharisees um, my whole life uh, in Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a t- a really rash thing to do because um, Jesus was a part of that group, and not all of you know like we. I think that there might be some like anti-Semitic rhetoric in the way that people teach about the Pharisees. Um, honestly, the more and more you look at like modern Judaism, uh, I think they got a lot of it figured out. And, uh, I, you know, they, once again, people are going to bash me because, well, no, they need Jesus. I think they, a lot of them, um, once the temple fell and, uh, modern, uh, I think the term is mo- or reformed, perhaps. I, I, I don't know enough about modern Judaism to know, but, uh, you know, they kind of reshape the biblical narratives to make sense in uh, modern day. And, and how do we live these things out, uh, you know, when there is no temple? Um, I think that was the very thing Jesus was trying to get them to do in the first place. And, uh, I I think they eventually got a hold of it, even, even though they may have the, the system at the time may have, uh, completely, uh, missed Jesus's teachings or, or, or disagreed with them. Uh, yeah. Interesting. I feel like we still didn't really pin down a uh, uh, particular belief that you uh, uh, that you're very confident about um, um, spiritually. The, if we maybe if we kind of focused in here. on a like a specific. Let me go back. Let me go back to why I think the Bible is unique. You asked yes. me why is the Bible unique. Right. The Bible is unique to me on a personal level. I don't know if I can necessarily say the Bible is unique. Um, I would say it's unique in uh, defining the uh, the story and some of the histor the historicity of Jesus. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying all of it um, can be historically proven. That's that is a big, big jump, and I'm not going to take that because I know I I'm highly likely to lose that battle trying to prove it. Um, but it it puts down some ideas about the teachings and the views of D- Jesus and i truly think if you you everybody makes it about the belief and not about the the way the way he taught the things he taught um uh you know jesus said if you love me he told his followers multiple times if you love me you will keep my commandments. Um, I can't say that I see a single American really wholeheartedly trying to do that. 
um, because uh, Jesus' commandments are, uh, if you look at the Sermon on the Mount, pretty, pretty heavy commandments to follow. Um, if they're heavy, if you are determined to be right, but if you're if you come hum- with humility and meekness, um, you can fulfill uh, a lot of what Jesus says. Um, what do you think some of the valuable lessons are that you've taken from the Bible? Number one, and it also comes back to that uniqueness, um, for on a personal level, um, my whole life, and this is so strange because like, I feel like my whole life has come full circle and I'm back at kind of where I was as a child. And I feel I feel more connected with my faith that I had as a kid um, now than I do with, you know, the guy who studied reformed apologetics and stuff like that. Um, I was raised on Disney. Uh, You know, Disney movies, I remember, I still vividly remember the first time I saw Aladdin, I think I was maybe three or four. And Aladdin showed something to me as a child. And what it told me was what I, the meta narrative I got out of Aladdin was love is the adventure and love can transcend your, your, the human condition. Let, Let me put it that way, because Aladdin was a poor thief and through his journey of love and um, just kindness, because the whole thing happens. He ends up saving Jasmine uh, when she's on the streets, and it was just a small act of kindness, and then it led into love. So I became an instant romantic through the story of Aladdin, and it's what I've chased my whole life. And, uh, you know, at 13, 14 years old, I'm studying Buddhism, studying the Quran a little. Um, I mean, in listening to you, you sound like just a really genuine, compassionate, uh, loving, yeah. <laughs> considerate person. And you've gone into all of these different, pretty much everything that you've pursued. You've you've pursued um, looking for those qualities. Uh, is that, is, do you think that's a fair assessment of kind of uh, what you've talked kind about? Kind of like... What I, what I'm looking for, or what I've been, the things I'm grasping at, or would maybe be more along the lines of like some kind of, uh, pl- like platonic ideal, you know, like, right. um, yeah, you could say that, and I would argue that's exactly what, um, Paul was getting at. So- I think that that when Paul taught in New Testament, it was all in reference to. Um, some of the teachings of Plato and the idea of the logos in Greek culture and so on and so forth. So, uh, um, that just kind of makes me curious. Given your personality and your motives and, you know, kind of the outcome that you've taken um, in general, maybe not specific to you, but does that make I think of the best way to word that is the Bible necessary for that 
Or would you have come across those motivations anyway? The Bible. Okay. I probably, I didn't really finish my story. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> and that, and that'll answer your question. Um, it was, it was a hundred percent, um, unique on a personal level because my whole life I've been searching for love, study Buddhism. I studied, you know, some of these ideas about Zen and I studied a little bit of the Quran. Quran was confusing as just a kid opening it up. Uh, and the same thing with the Bible, you know, like as, as a, a kid, I open you, you open a book to the beginning and you're like, what the hell's going on? Um, but so my life's purpose was to figure out what love really was and to see if my spirit um, would connect with that. And so my whole life, you know, I, I got highly misled because I was tr- raised by television and sitcoms and Disney. And they gave you this very like romanticized idyllic view of love. And um, chasing a girl at 14 years old, I was interested in this girl and she invited me to her church and I walked to the church and missed out on the youth group gathering. I ended up, it it was a longer walk than I thought. And it took me like two, three hours to get there. Um, and I walk in and they're having a meeting and, uh, a guy offers to drive me home and, um, he's one of the leaders at the church. And as he's locking the doors, I look over and I see first Corinthians 13 verse four. And it said, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. And I said, what? (laughs) And I immediately went home, found a Bible, you know, in a a drawer in the kitchen or something, opened it up. And I read that chapter of the Bible. And I said, I don't know about anything else, but this seems true. This one chapter of the Bible. I, I think that first Corinthians 13 personally is the apex of Jesus's mission, the story of God, the story of humanity, and that love that um, does the love of choice, like making the conscious decision to love those who are unworthy of love or um, do not uh, maybe unrequite that love is the highest order of love, self-sacrificial love. And so I think the Bible might be, uh, now there are other stories in modern day um, that can teach that. And I would say, if it weren't for Disney, if it weren't for some of the, the artists, uh, the other big thing that brought me to Jesus was, uh, was the band called Thrice. And uh, Thrice never promoted themselves as a Christian band, but their music inspired me greatly. Uh, they had a song about the flight of Icarus, and uh, it was kind of, that song describes my search. And uh, they they um, so through seeking that, and then becoming a Christian, reading their lyrics, I f- I discover that some of them are either sp- stories from the Bible or um, stuff ri- you know stuff that's based on C.S. Lewis and stuff like that, but. I, I think that the Bible is kind of unique in a way because I don't think you see a lot of 
um, texts. Now there are some I, I th- that there aren't a lot of ancient texts that teach you to love at your own expense. And uh, so that's what I, I'm sure there there's other texts, but for personally that reached me culturally here in America in the deep South, that's what got me. Um, so it, maybe more, maybe not even necessarily the historical aspect of, of whether or not it's true, but really more the ideology in yes. the religion is kind of what's, um, what's valuable to you. Is that fair? Yes. And that causes a problem as a Christian, um, especially in America, because, um, well, I mean, really anywhere, because if that, that technically, if I believe just that, the ideology, um, the, uh, I'm, I'm like not validating the creeds. I'm not validating the Nicene Creed. I'm not validating, you know, any creedal thing. And I do, I do still somehow, somewhat, the more and more I press in and the more and more I try to seek out my doubts, I somehow end up coming right back to believing in, in the, the divinity of Jesus. And that can get complicated. Uh, I don't know how Jesus was divine. Uh, I, I mean, there's strong arguments for, was Jesus actually a real person? Um, I don't if know. Was, were the miracles true and yeah. the stories, uh, who, are, they, are they accurate? We cannot fully know right now. I've I have seen scholarship that I've not pressed into a lot of the scholarship that says he did not exist, but I have listened to some of the apologies of that argument. Um, and one of the common things that that I've heard is that you know uh, we use the Bible to uh, historically prove. There are many people in history and antiquity that um, we don't have a lot of historical fact on, and the Bible is literally the only, I'm talking about like uh, Roman emperors and stuff, uh, that you know they don't have secular history on. All they have is the Bible. And so, you know, so there's, if the secular world is using the, the Bible to prove um, secular history figures in history then we might have you know it kind of seems like a double standard there right. uh, but once again i've not i've not studied the um adversary you know well let's say argument. let's just say hypothetically uh, it was possible to you know determine um oh turns out we can prove it whole thing was a wash it wasn't true um would that change who you are as a person Would you fundamentally for change? a for a short for a short <laughs> period of time, perhaps? Do you think you would um, suddenly, you know, no longer wish to to um, be selfless and to help, you know, your fellow human, um, and you know, just be a good person? Would that change your motivations? No. Uh, and and that you know, we may have to do other episodes, maybe where we get further into the. Um, the details of what I like 
there are supernatural things that um in the bible that you know like i do believe in a lot of the creeds or i am convinced maybe or uh i lean toward um the possibilities of them those miraculous things somehow being true um but i don't got any proof for nothing man how how are you going to prove this is my frustration with people how are you going to prove that a miracle happened 2000 years ago right and if you open the bible say it's in the bible that does that that does not prove anything you just well, saying something's in the bible <laughs> it doesn't yeah, so, prove somebody it's real. somebody wrote down that something happened and that's all we really have um i mean oh and, yes and there's suspiciously my, my, it, it seems like you know as as people became more uh, educated and had better ability to understand, you know, mm-hmm. how nature works, um, miracles started to coincidentally disappear. Um, I mean, we don't see the same kinds of miracles in modern, you know, society with cameras and, uh, you know, all the technology that we have and the scientific understanding of how things work now. Um, we, we're not seeing the same miracles that, that, you know, people were seeing before we had all of this. So, right. To me, that does seem a, a bit suspicious. Um, Definitely. I, and for myself, um, I guess my question would be, are those beliefs necessary to explain things? Which things? Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends on, um, I, I, like you said, we can't really you know, we're talking historical, um, we don't know the facts because it's, it's in the past. Mm-hmm. We, we have no real evidence of, of, you know, what actually happened. It's all, uh, speculation. Um, for modern here's day, a weird claims of miracles, here's... you know, people that claim miracles now are, are those explanations necessary to explain, um, you know, because you had talked about having some uh, experiences, mystical that, experiences, right? Yeah. That could potentially be explained naturally. Maybe, yeah. Um, here's what I want to leave with, leave you with on that question, and this is probably not going to really answer anything. <laughs> <laughs> Even if Jesus was not the Son of God. I think he set out to do what he wanted to do. I think that he accomplished. I, I hope he accomplished it. Um, that's kind of the thing that I'm coming down to is if it's an entirely a fi- fictional story, I don't know if you've heard any theories. Some people believe that uh, William Shakespeare was one of the um, wrote under a pseudonym for uh, the King James Bible. I mean, there's there's a lot of interesting, weird um, theories about where the Bible came from if it's not true, and why mm-hmm. the Bible if it's not true. Um, but if it's not true, and if it was just used as a governmental kind of control, the empires wanting to control people, it's done a, a, a it's inspired a lot of people who i would say the mystic tradition if you look at the mystic tradition um many of the mystics are 
pivotal in um, a lot of modern thought and uh, and, and I mean I, I would scientific I, truth and and things like that would not be here without the mystic tradition of Christianity. Um, I, I mean, I think that can go both ways. Um, I, I yeah. think that you know uh, certainly. Uh, Christianity has had a major influence on society, as you know, has other religions in other countries, um, and mm. in some instances, it's inspired people, you know, to make great discoveries. But then, it's also worked to the detriment of great discoveries. Oh, definitely. So, I mean, it, it kind of goes both ways. I see it as as definitely influential. Um, I don't necessarily know that that speaks to its truth, but um, it's definitely yeah. a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And I don't know if you're ready to stop, if you had any other questions for me, but I, that kind of leads me to my kind of my last thought, uh, like sure. my, like where I would want to leave it. I don't, do you have any other questions? Hey, it, I mean, it's, uh, your exploration. <laughs> okay. We're just, uh, we're just probing, you know, things that you, yeah. you want to test. And, and like I said, I, there's some other, there might be times where we can jump further into this. Um, maybe for Patreon and stuff like that. Sure. But this is my last, you know, uh, once again, you said it's helped with, it's done many good things throughout history, but it's also done um, many, many terrible things in the name right. of Jesus. Um, and that's what leads me to kind of my final declaration of Christianity. And this is, to me, um, when I doubt, even in my doubts, um, I still want to follow Christ solely on this purpose. I truly believe, if the Bible is true in any form, that it was Christ's intention for uh, people that follow him to not commit violence. And uh, I, I've heard the arguments against that. I don't agree with them. I think that those are terrible um, uh, interpretations of biblical text. And do you, do you uh, think it could be ahead. fair for someone to come back and say that, uh, in fact, maybe you have an incorrect interpretation that you're reading? It could be likely. Want? It could be likely, but um, I've I have I have searched out a lot of scholarship and. I think if I were to sit down and read that with an individual, um, because I've gotten into arguments on Facebook and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, if I was like, you can throw a Bible verse at me, I can throw about 20 or 30 at you on this right. subject. And I don't believe in proof texting. That's, that's the big thing that a lot of evangelicals do is I'm going to show you this Bible verse that proves my point. And um, I think if you're doing that, um, there's the, it's highly likely you're wrong and the Spirit of God isn't in what you're saying. Um, so what I, do you I mean by the Spirit of God? Um, you are likely not—we uh, got to get into a lot of really weird, abstract things when we start talking about what's <laughs> Spirit. And I have— I have some views on what spirit and they're probably uh, they make they're going to make a little more sense than what most evangelicals will probably say because when you ask what a, a evangelical what a spirit is 
they're probably not going to be able to tell you. This is something I've been studying 10 plus years in Christianity. And uh, the only thing I've gotten that's concrete in explaining spirit mechanics, anything that has any kind of rational, coherent thought is a, a writer, um, a man named Watchman Nee. He was a, a Chinese um, pastor from the 1950s, and he's the only person I've ever heard make any sense about like what the spirit is and what spirit does. But it is, if you are using, let's see, let's see, let's see if I can say it this way. If you are doing the Jesus thing the wrong way, um, it's not, or if you're doing the godly thing the wrong way, it's not godly. So if you are using, if, if the Bible's highest authority is Jesus, like if Jesus is, and I can, I could go through this. I don't want to do it at this time because we've, we've went, been going for an hour, but, uh, you know, the book of Hebrews says that Jesus is the clearest image of the revelation of God, um, in, in the book of Hebrews. If you believe that, then Jesus, Jesus and what he says is higher than it is the anything else that's supposed to be a representation in the the Bible of God, if it does not look like Jesus, then there's probably something wrong there. And that you have to take, people have to take that up with Paul, not me, because Paul said, Jesus is the clearest image. And there's, I I can't remember the chapter, but it goes on about saying that, uh, and the spirit of God was veiled and all this stuff, but through Jesus, the Spirit of God is made clear. And I would argue the Spirit is the character of God, the the behaviors of God. The Galatians says the fruit of the Spirit is kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, peace, long-suffering. I don't know. There's a bunch. But it, 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 it mentions behaviors. As an outsider to um, religion, I could look at that and I could— I could ask maybe, do you feel that someone could make the same argument from inside um, Islam? Definitely. In fact, that's been something that has been jacking me up is, uh, you know, I I kind of started pursuing the mystic tradition of Christianity because the only thing I'm sure about is I'm not really sure about anything. And uh, the Christian uh, mystic tradition um, isn't very far from the Islamic tradition or so, the Judaic mystic tradition. They're all very similar. Do you think that they could both be true? Uh, in ways. Um, um, do you think that I they, think, they contradict each other in, in ways? Uh, the belief systems? Right. Um. <sighs> If you come at it from an inerrancy point of view, yes. Okay. If um, if if this is a hundred percent the word of God, and nothing can be changed about it, then then yes, they totally contradict each, each I other. Mean, do you do you think if, that you you could point to things in um, Islam that maybe would be bad that an, uh, a Muslim might look over or um, ignore because uh, they they wouldn't interpret that as uh, uh, an accurate interpretation of their belief system? 
I find that highly likely. And I've had conversations with Muslims where it's like, hey, I want to talk to you about this. And they're like, that's totally not what that means. You know, they, people, they, their claims is that uh, a lot of what I've seen is the Quran uh, can't be fully understood. And I would argue the same for Christianity and, and Judaism. You can't understand the English language doesn't do a great job of translating these things. Right. Um, so you kind of have to kind of have an open, especially Christianity and Judaism. We're talking about um, ancient languages that like, right. I mean, we, we don't even properly know how to say the name of God in the Old Testament. <laughs> so, you know, um, so as an outsider looking in, um, if you can both make the same arguments and you can come to similar conclusions that, you know, different religions are maybe the proper one to follow as an outsider. Um, how do I determine which one of you is correct and which one is not? I definitely don't think you could. That would have to be a decision you have to come to on your own. And my, my encouragement would be, um, like I said, my whole attitude is nonviolence, and I would even take it a step further into saying non-coercive. So I don't think that the traditional view of evangelicalism, the idea we have of salvation in America, I don't think that that's um, fully correct. I think people are putting a faith in a prayer and not a faith in a, a God. They're they're reciting an incantation. They're reciting a spell that is supposed to save them. So I mean, um, that doesn't a repeat help me after much, me. <laughs> yeah, no. And see, that's the funny thing. Like the mystic tradition uh, is the only thing I can like fall on at this point because I just I don't know. And and the things that I do understand, I suppose you could t totally take them and. Uh, it would be similar to Buddhism. It would be similar to uh, Tao or, or, you know, things like that. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I just, I believe that we got to start changing the way Christianity, we've got to start changing the way we treat people. I mean, and, uh, I would say that just in general, regardless of religion, we should yeah. change the way that we treat people. Um, do you think that, do you think that a religious belief is necessary for everybody? I'm not sure. Uh, right now, I'm going to say... Uh, see, I think that I define a lot of words differently than you. <laughs> so, like, when we, we say just, religion... Let's say spiritual belief. A, um. Yeah, but I think if I explain to you what I viewed spirit, spirit as, um, it may be a lot more practical. Because, you know, I, one of the words I use frequently to, to talk about spiritual things mm -hmm. is intuitiveness. And there are other, there are other aspects of it, but Which, uh, intuition I mean, can, is probably a key fundamental to that. And that can be entirely natural. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I... I guess I don't know if we should be separating natural from supernatural, honestly. Um, you know, the further, like just talking with you about science and, and things and evolution and things like that, 
Um, that stuff is miraculous. It is amazing. It is awe-inspiring, whether it took billions of years or it didn't. What What do you define and, as um, supernatural or miraculous? Like, how do you define those words? Something that you can't fully understand. Uh, and, uh, um, um, a complete mystery that only so, the un- unexplainable can... I, I think a common distinction is, you know, that a lot of people would make between the supernatural or, you know, a miracle would be something that defies, you know, the laws of physics and reality versus just maybe something that defies our understanding of physics and reality. Um, yeah. Because I would be totally comfortable with something defying my understanding of reality um, but then to take that extra step and say that it actually defies, you know, the laws of reality, um, that for me is a big step to take. I don't know how you get right. there. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's really easy to say something, you know, is beyond our understanding because we have a very limited understanding. Right. I think that's that's a great point. And maybe that can be if we do another a part two to this, that should probably be where we jump off of. And that's because that's the ground where I'm most shaky is like, okay, the miraculous. Right. Can there be logical explanations? Probably, but we have not transcended consciousness enough to understand that yet. That would be my, uh, that would be my way to respond is, do I believe in miracles? Do I think miracles are unexplainable? At this level of consciousness, they're unexplainable. Maybe. But, but does, they does could, that mean, there could does, be a rational, lo- logical, quantifiable way to understand them. We just haven't touched that yet. That's quite possible. And I think that's, so, that's a really reasonable <laughs> position to take. That's, I, to me, I don't see how you can be, I mean, other than having a mystical, mystical experience, that's the only way I think you can figure that out. But maybe we can touch on that next time, man. Um, yeah. It was good talking about it. Yeah. I feel I feel confident that if I have to talk to a fundamental evangelical, I could I, I feel comfortable. <laughs> hey, if you're out uh, there, guys, yeah, come on. Yeah, uh, I I would definitely love to have. I know there are some there's some people that I've invited to the podcast for open debate um, on faith and issues. I mean, and it, it doesn't like even I'd have to, to be a a real adversarial interaction. Yeah. We can just talk, kind of like we've done. Yeah, and that's that's specifically what I would like to see in this podcast, you know, as as the co-host is us be able to bring people together that are very diverse uh like you and myself. I mean, I I live in the I I tend to live in the spiritual mystical uh religious realm and you're in a um I I don't I I need to ask you more questions. I need to uh analyze you um sometime too. I'm comfortable and with that. We'll talk I, all I'll be able to ask is like goofy evolution questions, but uh, you'll either anyway. get, I, I understand this process or I don't. <laughs> right. Right on. Well, dude. Awesome. I didn't think we'd go that long, but yeah, no, it, it doesn't, I, I'm it doesn't take much. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a lot of fun. Well, yeah. Like I said, if you're, for if sure. you're out there listening, you, you would like to have a conversation with us. You can, uh, for now you can email us at info at analyzepodcast.com otherwise um, we will see you next time peace support us at patreon.com slash
Another guest. 